Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. It is my great pleasure to have Mar Hershenson today on our show. Mar is a managing partner at Pair VC, an early stage venture fund partnering with founders to build companies from zero to one. She's originally from Spain and have to say, Anvita and my boss. Prior to Pair, Mar spent 13 years co-founding three startups in the mobile e-commerce, enterprise software, and semiconductor industries. She earned her PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford University, and I have to mention is a big fan of FC Barcelona. A huge pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us today, Mar. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you today. At the end of my day, so exciting to end this way. <laughs> Amazing. So just jumping right in, after years of operational and technical experience, what made you switch to founding Pair VC and leading investments as a partner ever since? Does being an operator turned investor affect the way you assess companies? Awesome. Well, um, you know, in a way, Pair is my fourth startup. You know, I feel like a founder more than a venture capitalist. We are really trying to build something that goes beyond a fund. We're trying to build something that is here for the next 100 years. That's the way we wake up every day. Um, what is Pear going to be when Pashman and I are no longer here, right? And that's a really important question to us. Um, I actually, maybe the right question is what decided, what, what made you go from, um, you know, running a software company to being an investor? And I think, um, a little bit, it was pressure from peer pressure from Peshman. Back in 2009, Peshman um, had written a two page business plan on Pear. It was very simple, um, but very good. And he reached out to me and said, Mar, I'm going to do this fun. I'm going to get a house in downtown Palo Alto. I'm going to fill it up with people, students from Stanford, and we'll just fund the best ones. You want to be my partner? Um, and I was like, what is he talking about? This crazy man, you know, he's like, this is crazy. I've never invested on anything. And he knew me because he had invested in my companies. So um, literally four years, at some point during these four years, he'd be like, oh, I found a great house. Come and see it. Because he really wanted me to say yes. Uh, finally, he changed techniques. So in 2013, he said, hey, why don't you just do some angel investing with me? So um, he started inviting me to his angel meetings, which happened to have happened at Cupa Cafe on Ramona Street in Palo Alto. So I would go there for an hour a day. And, um, you know, after four months, I literally was there from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. We had our own little table. We were like, you know, we came in, we came with the coffee shop, basically. So I just remember at some point I said, OK, you win we can go raise a fund, you win. And that's how we decided to do it. The fund is really based on Peshman's original plan. Very simple, um, you know, back great people. Um, don't even back them, just get to know them. And eventually, you know, uh, some of them will start a company. Some may not, but that's still okay, you know. Um, I think to your second question, how does being an operator, you know, have an impact on how my an investor, you know, all our past experiences affect, you know, uh, how we react against something, right? So obviously it does affect me for the first few years um, of being in venture. I felt I was running all these companies and I just, just, 
I remember for one of my first year, Peshman drove by our office on Sunday and I was there and I was like literally writing code for one of my companies. And uh, Peshman uh, on Monday, he was like, Marmar, no, 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 no. You got all this wrong. <laughs> You're not supposed to do anything like that. So it's taken me a while, uh, but now I feel like I really understand, you know, what does it mean to be an investor and what is my role versus, you know, being another operator in the company? That is so well put, Mar. And I think it's inspiring to see. And, and we're glad that you and Pedro made it. And we're glad that Pear is here. I think we, you've got some great successes and there's only amazing things uh, to take from here. Um, and you being an operator turned investor, the way you put it right now only goes to show that the hustle in you remains. And like you said, this, this seems to be your fourth startup for yourself. So I think uh, you're doing yeah. that well. In all possible ways, coding for your ventures, if that's what it takes. But then I think you have a great co-founder to tell you, you know, how to navigate intellect. So really inspiring to hear. Would love to know a little bit more about Pear's thesis. And me and Rashmina now know it well. Uh, and hence, this is a two-part question from our side. Um, you mentioned that it's a zero to one journey that you take with your founders. And at the same time, you also mentioned that about 50% of Pear's fund has invested in student founders. Yeah. Do you know if that part of zero to one thesis is behind investing in student founders? Well, I, I will tell you about our thesis and then about the students, you know, and I think a lot of it is related to my own personal story. I started my first company in 1999. It's a long time ago. Um, and the world was very different as it regards to venture capital. There was, you know, remember there, there was, um, you still had to build your own server room. There were no seed rounds. Um, there was no tech crunch. There was barely internet. And uh, there was, you know, it was just a different world. And I think perhaps the biggest difference was that the founder was not recognized at the time as the potential CEO of the company, right? And uh, the data was there. And I think, I believe Andreessen at some point came and said, we believe in backing founders that can be CEOs. But, at, you know, when I started my company, I'm a PhD student or graduate, I guess, um, never had a real job for longer than four months and uh, wanted to start a company. And I was a female. So it was all like strikes against me for running a company. And uh, although I ran the company for the first one and a half years, eventually they brought in a CEO. And I think you know that, you know, when you do that, the chances of success are low because a founder it's not a, it's very, very different from a CEO. They have the company in their soul and they can't go to bed uh, without thinking about their company. So, um, you know, one of the things I didn't realize when I was in that situation is that, it, you know, I had the capacity of being a great CEO. And that's one of the thesis of pair. Anybody we back has that capacity. And that includes students. You can be a student and still become a great successful CEO. We have examples in our portfolio and obviously there are examples outside of our portfolio, right? So that's one of the big things about us. We want to bet in, in people that have high potential and that we think and, you know, have the stamina, the, you know, the ambition to actually build a big company. Uh, we're not scared if you've never done it, if you're young, if you're old, it doesn't matter. We don't care. We just want you to have that, um, you know, that fire that lights you up. So that's the one one big part of our thesis. And um, the, the second part is like, we, we want to make a difference. So I think we want to 
build companies that are large. When you are a seed company, a seed fund like me, like us, you can invest in companies that may exit at $100 million. And you could still potentially have some form of return, right? But I think we really say no to those opportunities. And we're very focused on, you know, taking big risks and backing founders that could build significant companies, right? So I think we have, we've had two IPOs. One of them is on Garden Health, which has a cancer diagnosis test and, uh, you know, they're they're saving lives. So what, what, you know, what more impact on that? You know, DoorDash has hundreds of thousands of dashers and, you know, hundreds of thousands of restaurants, like defining company. And, you know, we have uh, many more in our portfolio that fit those categories. And I think when you do that and you can, you know, tell your other partners, your LPs and the fund that the, the you know, the, the people that they're raising money for, right. Um, and our, and my own children that we're actually doing something better than making money. I think that's, um, that's important to us. That's amazing. So um, as a venture fellow, um, what I've seen is a lot of my friends are founders and the feedback I've gotten with, you know, sessions they've had with Ian at Pair or other Pair team members is they are really invested in even hearing, you know, an idea and providing feedback. And I think that really echoes what the general thesis of the fund is. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, um, you did mention DoorDash. So um, Pear has made some notable seed and pre-seed investments in companies like Dropbox and DoorDash. The fact with seed investments is that more often than not, and you mentioned that a little bit, you're investing in the team and the idea over the product, which might not even be in its final form. How do you approach reviewing and evaluating hundreds of startups, knowing only one out of 10 will be, say, a DoorDash? It's a very difficult problem, I would say. And I have to say that, you know, the dirty secret of all of us in venture is that we actually do make mistakes, right? We invest in companies that don't make it. And we also pass on companies that make it. And the set, the latter is actually far more important because if you miss a DoorDash, that's a big miss, right? Um, if you have another return that is a zero, it's still okay for the return of the fund. Um, you know... At our stage, sometimes there is no product and sometimes the product is wrong and you're going to come up with a new product and the company goes through a pivot. I say sometimes we go from minus one to one, not zero to one. <laughs> so um, we can't look at the product necessarily, at the specific detail of the product. But I, I really try to understand, can the founder, you know, sometimes you have a hypothesis and it's wrong, but it's well-constructed. And we have to go and try it out and see if it's possible, if it's true, right? If the founder CEO can come in and explain his or her thesis in a way that is, you know, I find attractive. So, you know, it's rational, it's backed by data, it's detail-oriented, it's, you know, um, somewhat optimistic, but also realistic, you know, it, then it's a good bet, even if if that is not the, pro, the, the hypothesis turns out to be wrong because that founder then has the capacity of generating another great hypothesis that could be true. So it's a little subtle, right? You may not like exactly what they're working on, but it's very, very rare, very rare to have somebody come in 
and explain any sort of hypothesis at the seed level in a way that is extremely attractive, you know. And, you know, I think the advantage of pair um, in a way is that we've got great founders. So when you, you know, my, my partner says that they ask a lot of times, what does make a good founder? What is a good founder? And it's hard to put into words. Uh, he says, it's like wine. What makes a good wine? You actually don't know. But if you've, if you've tasted good wine, you know what is a bad wine, right? So it's kind of the same for founders. We have a high bar, but it's not about traction. It's not about how far along you are. It's about, you know, what is the ambition you have and what is the capacity you have to execute on that. That's well put. And the first point you made there, Mar, about learning from the misses that you may have had, it just reminded me of my time as an investor. We would very, very diligently track the anti-portfolios and actually have like monthly roundups on saying what did we miss and what did we learn out of it. So can't agree more. I mean, it's a hit or a miss and you just do not want to miss the... the you do not want to miss. No. <laughs> totally. Uh, shifting gears a little bit here, uh, it's an absolute honor to have you here, not just as a leading female voice in the venture capital ecosystem, but also as a top innovator. Technology and investing have been long male-dominated industries. Have you personally faced or seen any gender biases throughout your career? And do you think that's changing? Um, okay, the good news is I do think it's changing. It's getting a little better, right? Uh, the, the challenge that we have is that you know, when 2% of the total venture money is in the hands of women and the rate of improvement is low, it's going to take decades for us to get to parity if we don't increase the slope of change, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, I think, um, but, but at least the slope is positive. It's in the right direction, <laughs> which is good. Uh, you know, in the last couple of years, um, I... I personally have helped co-found two, two great initiatives. One is the All Raise initiative, which I'm, I think a lot of people would know. And the intent there is to help female founders and help um, early uh, female um, investors, you know, become great investors. So both, that's the audience. And I've also started a conference called the Equity Summit that connects GP, female GPs to LPs. So that's a different group of people. And, you know, the, the intent there is like, can we get more dollars in the hands of funds that are primarily run by women or underrepresented minorities, right? And the answer is yes. And I think changing those three co types of people will, um, you know, will have some, will have an impact and results. Um, you know, in the last, I would say that in the last year, um, we've had um, two investments where it was competitive and the founders wanted to bring in a firm that had a diverse partnership. And not only that, but that could help them build a diverse and inclusive team. So we have somebody at the pair team that helps with that. And obviously we're pretty diverse partnership. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that if people want to win the best investments, they're going to have to address. And it's not, it can't just be, uh, you know, fake uh, female somewhere, but it has to be real and they have to have, um, you know, um, real decision power in within the firm. 
you know, personally myself, I was in a in very male-dominated industries always. Semiconductors is even, I don't even know if the numbers are worse, but it felt worse. <laughs> so um, I'm a very optimistic person, which I think it's good for uh, for being in venture. So I I think yet I'm I'm pretty sure I was definitely victim of some of that, but I'm always seeing the best side, the better side of things and pull through. So I never really bogged down, um, you know, by any of that. And I, you know, kind of in my mind, it's always like, okay, I'm okay if I have to work harder to show that I'm uh, as good or better than whoever is sitting next to me. I'm okay with that because I actually feel good working harder. So, uh, and I've done a lot of that my entire life. And, and you said something that we've actually heard from um, a number of our guests on the show is that you can't just say you want to have a diverse team uh, and just do some kind of PR play around it is you have to proactively go beyond your existing network because unfortunately in VC right now most of the firms that network is a pretty like homogeneous people because that's what it, how it would spend historically so it is very much um, an active effort that's needed from from a lot of firms um, so I totally agree with that um, so one final question before um, we do a fun, short, rapid fire round. What advice do you have for women trying to break into the industry? Um, you know, my advice, I think women are phenomenal investors, you know, and I think the numbers and the data proves it. We do really good deals. We help our companies. We're on top of it. So, um, you know, I think that's th that's the good news. You know, I think the bad news is that venture is a little... It's a little intimidating. I think if you, for example, go on Twitter and try to follow a bunch of VCs, you um, you will first see that ninety percent of them are male, and they're all, you know, perhaps being too nice to themselves. <laughs> so I I think it goes in many ways, and this is only statistically speaking against any sort of female. Um, you know, natural reaction, right? Like the guys go on Twitter, they say how great they are, how many great investments, uh, how I help the company and my friends, myself, my friends that are female investors, you know, agonize if it's the right words to be posted and they need three people to review something. So th this is just an example, but um, it's it's very telling because I think it, it, it does, um, you know, it, it's something that I think slows down some of the women in venture. We are not willing to toot our own horn as, mu as much as other men do, right? And, uh, and when you're in, ven in venture, there's a lot about self-promotion, especially now where, you know, not just venture, but many industries is about self-promotion. You have to, you know, you have to be really good at, you know, uh, finding deals, at winning deals, at working with companies. So you, ha you, you have to work on your persona. And I think everybody, you know, the two of you on this call and everybody that may be listening has something to offer and they have a superpower, right? So you may be, um, I don't know, uh, you, I don't know, you may be, you maybe know a lot about e-commerce. Okay, I'm going to be the best venture person around e-commerce. How am I going to do that? I'm going to talk to any founder I can on this. I'm going to start writing about it. I, I'm going to um, have meetups. I'm going to have whatever. You start creating kind of your own persona around something that it's important to you as an investor, whatever it is. And it can be whatever it is. You don't have to be good at everything. 
you just pick your wedge in, right? Um, and my 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 biggest thing for women is have confidence, have trust in yourselves, because that's I think the ingredient that is missing the most uh, from what I see. That's really inspiring, Mar. Thanks so much. I'm sure our listeners would really appreciate it. And like we already started, we'd love to do a quick rapid fire with you. And let's do it. <laughs> and as the name suggests, let's take as little time as possible to answer them. Uh, we'll have five questions, Mar. Uh, the first two will be a little on lighter note. Um, so the first one for you is, if your story was written as a book, what should be the title? Oh, that's a tough question. What would be the title for my life? But I'm going to say the best is yet to come. That's the way I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Are you a beach or a mountain person? Beach, a hundred million percent. Yeah, I think your time at West Coast kind of kind of has has. I, uh, I was born in Barcelona, and that's one of the things I miss the most: the smell <laughs> of the ocean. Amazing. Would love to know a latest book or podcast that you really liked. Well, you know, I've been listening to um, Bill Gates and Rashida Jones podcast recently, and I found it. Um, I've been finding it great, you know, very entertaining. It has a mix of fun and science uh, touch to it, which I really like. Um, and, you know, I'm from, like I said, I'm a pretty old person. So I used to have this perception of bill gates which this podcast has completely changed so there you go interesting i think that's going to be on our playlist next so thank <laughs> you um who are your mentors in life well i have many mentors you know obviously my partner pashman has been a great mentor to me and you know he believed in me as an investor god knows why and took me under his wings and um, so on. But, um, you know, one of the most important mentors I had was a uh, woman uh, called Catherine Wold, and who sadly passed away. He, she was an investor in my first company. And when we were putting pair together, you know, raising a fund is not easy, but she took me under her wing and, um, you know, helped us figure out how to raise a fund. And I've been trying to pay that back to many of the women that are raising funds. Now, uh, a little bit on, 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 on honor her memory of what she did for me and for other managers. So yeah, we feel very fortunate. That is really sweet. And, and sorry to hear about that, but great that you're doing such amazing work in her memory, like you put it. Um, the last one, almost an extension of our first question, but yet different. What is your mantra in life? Oh, what is my mantra? <sighs> so probably has been different depending on my age. <laughs> You know, I think a, a lot of my, the way I look at things that happen is look forward. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure there's a bit better way um, to say this. Look forward, remembering what you learned behind, you know. Uh, I'm a, I definitely believe there's problems everywhere. Everything has problems. Every company that I've been with has a problem or many problems, DoorDash included, okay, like tragic moments and near-death experiences and, you know, pair as a fund itself. Um, it's really tough to be a founder. You know, you are, sometimes your best employee leaves or you don't close an account. Or if you are an investor, you miss this great deal. And um, I think the only 
way is to really think, okay, I can do better next time. What have I learned? Let's learn and move forward, right? And I think that's something that um, I used to be more fatalistic and right now I'm very much like you can do better. And I, I think we can, we can all do better. So that would be it. That's a great one. Um, and definitely something I've also been learning. Um, I think learning from your mistakes and growing with them is probably a really big learning um, in general. Um, thank you so much, Mar, for being on the show and giving us so much insight on pair, on women in the industry, uh, and being really candid with your experience. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's so great to see you guys. So great.